You know, my message tonight is about light and dark. If you'd ask somebody, what is light? What's the definition of light? What, what would you say? The definition. It's not as easy as you think. You know, you can say the sun produces light. You can say the flashlight produces light and a candle produces light. But what is light? I looked it up in the dictionary. Light. It's a luminous energy. Light is something that makes vision possible. It makes things visible. Light is the opposite of dark. And a light can guide you through darkness. A light can reveal danger. Light can comfort us. Light can make us make plants grow. Lights can give off energy. And you know the Bible says in Psalm 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you go back, the word is light. So you go back to some of these lines I just said, the Word of God is light. I just said light can be a guide through darkness, just like the Word of God. Light can reveal dangers, just like the Word of God. Light can comfort, just like the Word of God. Light makes things grow. Well, light... The Word of God can make us grow spiritually. Light gives off energy. Well, the Word of God gives off energy, the power of God. So I thought that's pretty awesome. And darkness, you look that up in the dictionary, it says the opposite of light is one of the answers. A state where there is no light, absent of light, color. And it says absent of knowledge. You've heard of people being in the dark, lack of knowledge. And when you think of darkness, sometimes you think of like horror movies, you know? There's always darkness in horror movies, wickedness, evil, satanic, when you think of darkness. And here's some words you can use, people use the word dark in. Mom says, Johnny, get home before dark. Why, why does mom say that? Because bad things happen in the dark. huh? Burglars work in the cover of darkness. Some people are afraid of the dark. Why? Because bad things happen in the dark. There's danger, you can't see what's out there. Some people conceal their sin in the cover of darkness. They do that so people don't find out what they're doing in the cover of darkness. It's kind of like the saying says, uh, what's done in Vegas stays in Vegas, huh? They don't want people uh, to find out what they do in Vegas. Why don't people want people to find out what they do in Vegas? Must be something that's not too good, something they want to hide. 
I'm going to open up in John chapter 3, verse 16. People know that, huh? John 3.16, that's one of the most popular verses in the Bible. I'm going to read John 3.16 through 21. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that means everybody, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world who condemned the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But listen to this. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is what's important. We're going to talk about darkness and light right here. Listen to this. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. It says right here, men love darkness rather than light. Why do you think men love darkness rather than light? Because they don't want to get into the light and expose their sins. So it says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be examined. And the Bible says that God is light. And it says people hateth the light, neither come to the light. They don't want to come to God because they're having too much fun in their sin, living in the darkness. And in John chapter 12, verse 46, it says, this is what Jesus says, I am a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not live in darkness. So he's saying, whoever believes in Jesus Christ, whoever is a true Christian, shall not live in darkness. There should be a difference. This Bible teaches that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus says... In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But by me. And you have a lot of religions that say there's many ways to, to heaven. we got to be careful who you listen to on TV. If they're diverting from the true word of God, it's false teaching. And in Revelations 22, verse 18 and 19, it says, Do not add or subtract to this book, or you're accursed. You're in big trouble. Don't add or subtract to this book. Take it for what it is. Don't add or subtract. And what I just said, that Jesus is the only way, some people get very mad when you say that. 
they hate you. They hate you when you say Jesus is the only way. How can he be so narrow-minded? You know, I don't care what people say, what people think or say. Because that's what the Bible says. That's why it makes it so easy for me to say Jesus is the only way. And if they have a problem with me saying Jesus is the only way, I tell them, talk to God about it. I'm just a messenger. I'm just reading you what it says in the Word of God. I'm just a messenger. And in John chapter 15, this is what Jesus says about people hating us. Jesus, it, Jesus says this in John chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. What they do to Jesus? They crucified him. Huh? They hated him for no reason. What did he do to him? They killed him. If you were of the world... The world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. They hate the true Christian. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they do not know him that sent me. They don't know the Lord. And it goes on here in verse 25. They hated me without a cause. And in chapter 16, it says this, These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended or upset. They shall put you out of the synagogues, and a time will come. Listen to this. This is what's happening today. We see it on the news. There is a time coming that whosoever kills you will think they're doing God's service. You see that happen with ISIS. They're killing, killing Christians. They're beheading them. And they think they're doing God's service. But they're tools of the devil. And God said that's going to happen. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time does come, you shall remember that I told you it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But we got to remember, we're on the winning side. It's awesome. And in Hebrews chapter 13, the, the Lord says this to comfort us. I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, it says this, 
But of the times and season, brethren, you have no need to know that I write unto you. What, what he's doing, he's talking to the Christians and he's comforting. Because there's going to be a time coming. It's going to be a time of judgment coming to judge the wicked. And Jesus is telling you this. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come. Ye know, brethren, that you are not of the darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light. You are the children of the day. And we are not of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in, at night, and they are drunken, drunken at night. But let us also know that we are of the day, and we need to be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and a helmet of salvation. For God has not appointed us unto wrath. He's talking about the Christians. He's not appointing us unto wrath. Obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. And whether we be dead or alive, we should live together with Him. He's saying whether we're dead or alive, someday we're all going to be alive with our spiritual body forever and ever and not to be worried. Therefore, comfort ourselves one another and build up one another in the Lord. When you're Christians here, even at this jail, you know who the true brothers are in here that's knowing Jesus Christ that isn't putting on a game or talking. Talks cheap. You can see how people live pretty quick. See where they stand. But it says right here, we need to build up one another in the Lord. Encourage one another in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 13. It says this, chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. We need to put on the full armor of light. That's Jesus. Jesus is the light. We need to put on the armor of light, and let us walk honestly as the day, not rioting or being drunkenness, nor in strife, envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Be faithful. We need to be faithful. And it says, not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We need to let our spiritual body control us, not the flesh. Put on that armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about that. Chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. The Lord says, Put on the full armor of God that you may withstand the fiery darts of Satan. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's the fight, light and dark. This world is dark. You see the darkness of this world. But someday all the darkness will be gone and all will be left is light, Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Jesus says, Open your eyes and turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that you may rejoice and be forgive, have forgiveness of your sins and have an inheritance among them which are set apart by faith that is in me. We're going to have an inheritance someday. Talks about our mansions, huh? Heaven. We're going to have an inheritance from our Heavenly Father. Not this earthly stuff down here. When we're a Christian, there's a difference. We're on the winning side, and someday all the wrongs are going to be made right. And the Bible says when you become a Christian, there's a change in you, a true change. I know when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, there was a change, absolutely without a doubt. The kid that hated go to church, wanted to go to church, wanted to learn. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's our hope in Christ. And in Ephesians, it tells us that there is a change. And the Bible has a lot of wisdom in it, so we need to listen. This is what happens once you become a Christian. Listen how we should act. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. This is what we need to be doing. That we put off concerning the former life and the old man, which is corrupt and according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed, be made new in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man, which is after God, and created in righteousness, and true holiness, therefore putting away all lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, if we are, because we are members of one another, one body. Be angry and sin not if you're angry. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may give to them that need. Listen to this. Those that stole steal no more. And he says you need to work. 
The Bible says if you don't work, neither should you eat. And if we work with our hands, earning money honestly, it says that we can give to those that are in need. You know, when you work and you work hard and earn that money and you're able to help somebody in need, that's a blessing that you're able to help others. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to edify, build up one another, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking be put away from you, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as, as God has, in Christ's sake, forgiven us. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and giving himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as Christians. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor jest, or what is not suitable, but rather give thanksgiving. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an adulterer, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things which come the wrath of God upon the children of unbelief, but be not therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes in darkness, but now you are of the light, and walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, demonstrating which is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather correct them. That's how we should walk. That's some powerful stuff. You get time in your cell later. Look up Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, because that tells us how to walk as a Christian. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. It says this, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not have the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How much sin? All. Yes, I love that all word. When we have Jesus Christ, we're in the light. The light is God. The light is good. The light is life. 
When we're in darkness, we have Satan, we have evil, we have death. In Matthew chapter 5, it talks about being blessed of God. Here's some ways you can be blessed by God. Don't you want to be blessed by God? Isn't that a place to be? Huh? Okay. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 through 12, it says this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when men shall curse you and persecute you and say all manner of evil things against you falsely for my sake. He says we're blessed when that happens. He says rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted the prophets that were before you. He says, if people are making fun of you, you get persecuted, you get executed, blessed are you. Isn't that crazy? Blessed are you, for so persecuted the prophets that were before you. You're blessed in heaven. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Because the kingdom isn't down here. It says the kingdom of heaven. Yes, that's where we're building treasures. It's in heaven. And it goes on in verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that sets on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel basket, but on a candlestick holder to give light to all that are in the house. And Jesus says, let your light so shine before men so they'll see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Awesome. Be that light. And you know, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Huh? You guys can be the fire in this jail. You have little spark. It could run rampant in this jail. The light of Jesus Christ. Witnessing, telling people about Christ. You, you're here for a reason. And the Lord can use you for that reason. Don't ever let the devil say, you're no good. Look what you've done. What you've done in the past. If any man be in Christ, he is that new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're new in Christ. All the old things are gone. And get on fire for Jesus. Memorize, memorize this word of God. That's what's power. If I come here and preach tonight just a bunch of fluff, a bunch of stories, it don't mean nothing. There's no power in it. But when I keep telling you Scripture, the Bible says the Word of God is more powerful than any two-edged sword. That's when it was written 2,000 years ago. More powerful than any two-edged sword. That was a weapon of a Roman soldier. But you know, you could paraphrase that today. The Word of God 
is more powerful than any atomic warhead ever made. It's powerful. It's the Word of God. God made us. God wrote the book. And this is where the power is. It's power in the Word and power in the blood of Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross. Yes, the power is in the blood and the Word of God. And I have a story I want to tell that kind of relates to what we're talking about tonight. It's a story about a captain of a powerful battleship. And it kind of talks about the dark and the light in this story. That's why I want to share it. And here it goes. In the darkest part of the night... A ship's captain cautiously pilots his warship through the fog-shrouded waters. With straining eyes, he scans the hazy darkness, searching for danger that lurks just out of sight. His worst fears were realized when he saw a bright light straight ahead appeared to be another vessel on a collision course with his ship. To avert disaster, he quickly radioed the oncoming vessel. This is Captain Jeremiah Smith. His voice crackled over the radio. Please alter your course 10 degrees south. Over. To the captain's amazement, the foggy image did not move. Instead, he heard back on the radio, Captain Smith, this is Private Thomas Johnson. Please alter your course 10 degrees north. Over. Appalled at the audacity of this message, the captain shouted back over the radio. He says, Private Johnson, this is Captain Smith. I order you to immediately alter your course 10 degrees south. Over. The second time, the oncoming light did not budge. With all due respect, Captain Smith, came the private's voice again. I order you to alter your course immediately, 10 degrees north, over. Angered and frustrated that this sailor would endanger the lives of his men and crews, the captain growled back over the radio. He says, Private Johnson, I can have you court-martialed for this. For the last time, I command you on the authority of the United States government, order your, uh, alter your course 10 degrees to the south. I am a battleship. And the private's final transmission was this. Captain Smith, sir, once again, with all due respect, I command you to alter your course 10 degrees to the north. I am a lighthouse. A lighthouse. 
Here's this captain. He sees this light, and he can tell he's got some pride. He's got a big battleship, one of the most powerful ships on the sea. And he sees this light coming towards him. And instead of just diverting 10 degrees without even, you know, thinking about it, he could have just diverted 10 degrees and not worried about this light. But what's he do? He's the man. He runs the show. I'm going to make everybody else move out of the way. Huh? The pride thing. But he ran into something that he can't move. The seacoast with jagged rocks and all that. Remember the Titanic? It sunk just because of some ice. Just think what a battleship do against some boulders and rocks on the edge of the cliff. And the lighthouse is there. Why is the lighthouse there? It's a warning. The lighthouse is a warning to avert danger. Warn people. And the captain took it the wrong way, didn't he? Nobody's telling him what to do. Everything else is going to move. But he found out something was more powerful in his battleship, the coastline and the rocks. And this story's kind of like us sometimes. We're going along in our life, and we have our agenda, and we have our focus. And nobody's going to stop us. Nobody's going to get in our way. We're going to plow through no matter what. But you know, sometimes there's people in our lives. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's a mom or a dad. Somebody that cares. And they try to pull you aside and say, no, don't go that way. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. They try, they're a lighthouse in your life, trying to divert you from hitting the rocks, hitting the dangers. And we don't listen, and we plow through anyways, and we get hurt. We ruin our lives. We sink the boat. And Jesus Christ is that lighthouse in our lives. Why is he there? To divert us from danger. Avoid a lot of problems in our lives. If we follow the word of God all the time, I bet that none of you would be in here tonight. I'm just saying. If we follow God's word and God's warning, when you see that light in the darkness, when you see that light in the darkness, it might be there. For a warning. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all the other things will come together in our lives. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And someday we will be in one place. I will, you will. We'll be in one place or the other. Heaven or hell, every one of us. And the big thing is we have a choice. In Psalms 14, verse 1, the Bible says, 
The fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says in the heart, there's no heaven or hell. But there is. That's what the Bible says. And, you know, we started with the verse, John 3, 16, didn't we? And that's what I'm going right back to at the end of this message. John 3, 16. Listen to this whole message. It's important. It's the whole Bible in a nutshell. You can read the whole Bible, but you know, you can read this, and this kind of tells you the whole story right in here. So listen to these verses. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation that light has come into the dark world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that does evil hateth the light neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be examined. That's the Bible in a nutshell. But he that does truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made clear that they are of the work in God. Powerful verses in the Word of God. If you're not a Christian here tonight, someday you will meet the God that you shut, shut out of your life, the God that you rejected, the God that you ignored and left out, the God you used His name in vain so many times and thought nothing of it. Someday you will meet Him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 11 and 12, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, and every one shall give an account of himself to God. Someday, you and I will stand before an almighty God, an all-knowing God, someday, every one of us. It's guaranteed because that's what the Lord says. And I have five questions I'm going to ask you tonight. You answer them to yourself. Is God proud of the way you live? Would God approve of the way you live? Are you living in darkness or in light?
Are you leading people to the light or to the darkness? Are you happy with who you are and what you have done? If not, there's good news. You don't have to stay where you're at. You have a choice. Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead the third day to give you a choice. He says, choose light, not darkness. Choose Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Jesus said this because he loves us. This is the love of God in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor. Uh, you, you guys need rest? You need rest for your soul? He says, Come unto me. If you're burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's standing at the door and knocking on the door of your heart. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open that door, he says, I will come into him. That's being born again. You ever hear the phrase, being born again? That's when you come to Jesus Christ. Ask Him in your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. You're forgiven. And Jesus says this in John chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus fills the void we try to fill in the, with these earthly things. It truly doesn't give us happiness. Jesus fills that void. And we're going to give an altar call here tonight. And if the Lord's tugging on your heart tonight to get right with Him, come up forward. I got these little booklets. Knowing God personally, if the Lord's tugging on your heart, it's time to come to the light, Jesus Christ. Because I guarantee you, when you live in the darkness, it isn't happy. The Bible does say sin is fun for a season, but you do reap what you sow. It comes back. Hearted. Satan has his lies and deceptions, and he knows every little trick in the book to pull you away from God. That's why he says, put on the full armor of God so you can withstand the fiery darts of Satan. And we're going to give an altar call while this song plays. You come forward if he's tugging. And one last trick Satan's going to use tonight on you is the trick of pride. He's going to put in your mind and say, what will people think if you come up forward? What will people think? You know, don't listen to what the devil says. You think about yourself, because every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord someday. So you stand up for yourself, for Jesus Christ. Here's being a secret Christian. It doesn't cut it here.
you either stand for Him. He died openly on the cross for us. We need to stand openly for Him. So as this song plays, if the Lord's tugging to get right with Him, if you're not for sure you're on your way to heaven, tonight you can, you can know for sure. And it's not what I'm saying. It's what the Word of God says.